0: Alright, another Cashmitty podcast Uh, I think this is episode number 6 We're going to be talking some Padre baseball Talking about Machado, Renfro rumors With Kirby Yates As those guys are being rumored to be traded We'll talk about Logan Allen pitching tomorrow You got Mejia being brought up We'll get into some of the guys in the minor league system Um, I'm enjoying a cigar right now. I'm in Palm Springs, having a beer out out on the balcony, enjoying a cigar, having a beer, enjoying myself in Palm Springs. I'm on vacation for a week. Pretty good time for me and my family. Absolutely enjoying myself. So, Padres had a four-game series in Colorado. What a great win. Two of those games coming back. That was huge. I loved it. Um. The bats are starting to come alive. The pitching is a complete disaster, absolute disaster. Marco Vicious should never have been on this team. I don't know why they ever put him on the 40 man roster. That was a joke to begin with. Uh, I think they made a huge mistake doing that. But uh, you look at this team, and pitching is a huge disaster right now. The hitting is coming around. You're starting to get more and more consistent at bats from certain players, especially Machado. Machado's starting to getting that rhythm that I talked about I said the first two months he would struggle uh, anyone that's listening to these podcasts or periscopes that I've done I, and now he's starting to get into that rhythm you can tell him he's getting a lot more comfortable he he looks like he, he's he got his feet under him, he's not just swinging just all arms he's not missing as many pitches as he used to miss where he'd foul it back and you're like ah he just missed that one you know. his timing, basically his timing is getting there and that's the key Get your timing going. And I think, you know, early in the season, because he didn't have that spring training as much as everyone else had. He had that off season of not signing for a long time. Uh, I've talked about this before, blah, blah, blah. You know, it just now the timing's there. And I think he's gonna go on a rampage. I think he's gonna carry the Padres for a while. I'm actually impressed the Padres are only one game under five hundred. Um I could get into Andy Green. I'll give my thoughts on Andy Green actually right now. Padres being one game under 500 is pretty impressive. I'm not a big Andy Green fan. I don't think he's a great manager in any way whatsoever, but you got to give him some credit because this is not an easy team to manage. Not at all. You're looking at a bullpen that's a disaster, a pitching staff that's got so many young pitchers, there's so many limited innings, and then you got an outfield situation that is. You almost have like three DHs, a center fielder in Margo that can't hit, so you have to put Myers in center field, and then you got two corner outfielders. Well, Renfro's good enough defensively now. Early in his career, wasn't really good enough, but now he's he's developed into a really good outfielder defensively, and and then you got Reyes and and Naylor. So it's like, how do you split the at bats? How do you? I think he's done a very good job. As far as dealing with the outfield, I'm glad he basically made Margo a backup and just said You're, we're done with giving you chances. Because once you can't hit that 90-mile-an-hour 90, 90 fastball or 91, 92, Margo just struggles so bad on those fastballs. You just know that he's never, in my opinion, he'll never be good. There's not like, well, you know, the, you know if he starts learning how to hit and this and that or go the other way. No, if you can't hit a fastball – you're you're done you're just done him hedges they can't hit fastballs if you can't hit fastballs you're done if you don't have bat speed what have you i don't even know if it's necessary H- hedges i believe it's the bat speed uh margo's bat speed i think is okay but he gets jammed inside fastballs and he can't hit them and i'm talking like 91 mile an hour fastballs he just can't hit them and once you can't do that you're done you're cooked um Myers, as far as Myers is gone I think he's kind of struggled as far as at the plate. Like he, he looks like he's lost his confidence. A lot of his confidence is to me, is just shot. I think he looks, looks to walk a lot more than he did before. And everyone's, you know, you got your computer guys that love to walk. I think the walks are a little overrated in this day and age. Everyone's, oh, what's his walk rate? What's his strikeout rate? What's you know, that's fine to walk. That's cool. But that's cool if you're gonna do it with an on-base percentage at 350, and you're gonna you're you're still gonna have a good slugging percentage. Like he's always gonna have a pretty good slugging percentage, Myers. And but batting average to me still matters a lot. Because you could you could have a guy walk, like I'll give you an example. Myers had a situation, I forget what game it was, and I think they were down one or two, and there was second and third in the ninth inning, and if Myers gets a hit, it's a tie game or they win. I, I forget exactly what the situation It was just recently, not too long ago. And whoever they played before the Rockies, I forget who they played. And he walked. And everyone was like, oh, what a great at bat. He walked. And I'm like, dude, you're getting paid to drive in those runs. Like, this, the game's on the line. You're getting paid to drive in runs. You're, you're going to be a $20 million player next year. You got an $80 million contract. And you could say, well, he walked. He did his job. In my opinion... No, he didn't really do his job in that situation. Now, if if, if, got, if a pitcher just throws four pitches out of the zone or is pitching around him, there's nothing you can do. You take your walk. But Myers had pitches to hit, and he fouled them off, fouled them off. To me, that's a player that's struggling because the next guy up was Margo. And Margo came up, and he, he got out, and the game was over, and they lost. And I'm not blaming Myers for it, but what I'm saying is – The walk in that situation is not as good as a hit. I don't know why people make it like as if a walk is like as good as a single. It's not. Never has been, and it never will be. You can't advance runners by getting a walk unless the guy's at first base. So when you got ducks on the pond and you're getting paid big time money, you need to drive in runs. Guys who get a lot of RBIs, people tell me RBIs doesn't matter. Batting average, RBIs doesn't matter. I think that's a bunch of bullshit. I've, I've always said it's a bunch of bullshit. I'll never believe that that stuff doesn't matter. If you get a lot of RBIs, that means you're driving the baseball. You're hitting with ducks on the pond. Reyes struggles with runners on. It's not like, oh, it's the opportunities, it's this and that. No, he just flat out struggles with runners on. And he's going into a big slump right now, Reyes. Every time someone you know is on base, he swings early in the count. And then I saw someone tweet me, well, he's hitting I think it was like 340 or something on the first pitch. That's cool. I mean, that's that's fine. But he, he's probably doing that on the first pitch with no ducks on the pond. When there's ducks on the pond, that guy just struggles. Now he's young, he's only 23 years old. Maybe that'll come in time. But you don't want to pay a guy huge money if he's not gonna drive in runs. You know, you can hit solo home runs. That's you know, everyone thinks like a solo home runs is 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 the same as a three run homer. It's not. It's, I mean, it's just – it's not. <clears throat> so, but going back to Myers, I mean, I think a little bit – my uncle kind of told me this, and I, I think I agree with him. Him moving around from – to play center field, he had to work on his center field, like, defense. He had to say, okay, I, I think the Padres probably told him, like, look, dude, in spring training they probably said, you're going to most likely be our center fielder, or there's a good chance. So you better – Fucking learn how to play center field and play good defense because we need you to play some really good defense. So it's a tough situation for him. If he was a corner outfielder, I think his numbers would be a little bit better offensively because I think he wouldn't have to worry so much playing such a premier position and learning the angles from center field because playing center field is a lot harder than playing, you know, left field or right field. So I think his numbers have dropped a little bit there in that aspect, but. I mean, what's he hitting? He, he Is he up to 230? I mean, his batting average is terrible. I understand some people are like, well, his on-base is like 320, 330. I don't even know what it is. Probably 320. That's still not good enough. Like, you can't just have, well, my on-base is 320. You know, first of all, an on-base of 320 is n- nothing to brag about. Um... He's got 11 home runs or something like that, but he hits meaningless home runs. I've talked about that plenty of times. I think he gets meaningless hits. Like, I never see him get a big hit, like, when the game matters. I don't. When the game's on the line, I don't want him up. I want Hosmer up. I want Machado up. I want Tatiste up. Um, I'm going to get to Tatiste. Fuck, Tatiste is so good. Uh, It's just. Sorry, having a cigar. So, it's just. I don't know. He's just a player. I would love for them to find a way to get rid of him. I know some people are like, hey, they kind of got a log jam in the outfield. What do you do? And people are like, well, get rid of Myers. Look, like, dude, Myers right now is your center fielder, and you don't have a center fielder. So what to do with that, I'd, you know, get rid of his contract. It's going to be tough. Maybe you throw in Kirby Gates into a trade. I'm going to talk about Yates. I'm going to talk about Renfro. What I would do with them, if you could get, if you could throw in Kirby Yates and get rid of Myers, I'd probably do that. Kirby Yates is phenomenal. The only way, the only way to get rid of Yates though, is you have to get a lot back. You have to get a lot back. You can't just trade him just to trade him and say, oh well, you know, we sold, you know, we sold high on it. You have to get a ton back, and you have to get a ton back, and you almost have to be pretty much picky on what you want. You have to say, I want a center fielder. Now, look, if someone's going to give you, you know, the best shortstop minor league, or what's the guy on um, Tampa Bay, whatever his name is, and they said straight up, we'll give you to him, you, you would do it. And you would say, well, we have Tatis. Well, it, th- that doesn't matter. You got a top 10 prospect or top five, whatever that kid is. I think that kid might even be, yeah, he's, I think it's a top five. I think it's Franco or something. You would do it in a heartbeat. Obviously, the. Tampa Bay is not going to do it. But my point is, even if you have that position, like let's say the best third baseman is a top 10 prospect, and you say, well, we just signed Machado for a 10-year deal. It doesn't matter because if you got that guy, you could package that guy into a deal and get your center fielder. Right now, they need a center fielder. They need a leadoff hitter more than anything, in my opinion. The pitching will, will be so much better next year. It's. It's. I've been trying to tell my family like my brother knows what I'm talking about my two brothers do my dad doesn't he he thinks I'm full of shit but he always does so that's cool i am um, <laughs> just joking around but when you have when you you could be picky right now you don't have to do anything the Padres are in a great situation right now one game under 500 is a pretty good season for them i think if if you would told me that everything that's going on and and all the players are doing what they're doing. There's certain players that are going to come back next year or be part of the team that's going to be really good. I think they're going to be really good starting next year. I think they should be a playoff team starting next year. If you're going to tell me who's having a good year and who's not, the reason why they're losing a lot of these games is because of guys like Markovicius is pitching. That guy's not going to pitch. He's not going to be on your team next year. uh, lower eric Lauer is probably not going to be in the rotation next year i think lucchese is Where lucchese go tonight seven innings he gave up no runs that guy's pretty good he's fine he's a good number five i mean a real good five in my opinion because he can he can have two good starts in a, in a row and then the third start he's probably not going to be good that's a five that's a that's there's nothing wrong with lucchese now, I think Lucchese might be better in the bullpen, if you know, a long reliever and come in and, you know, basically Robbie Erland's spot. But that's probably in 2021, maybe 2022, you can do that with, with Lucchese. I think next year, Lucchese should be a starter. Um, let's go back to the Yates, though. I mean, for the Yates rumors, as long as you get a shit ton, I'm willing to trade him. I know some people are like, why would you trade him? You're going to need him for next year. Well, You're going to have so many bullpen arms. Munoz, uh, Baez, I believe, is going to be a bullpen guy. I know the guys at Madfriars. um, Well, I maybe shouldn't speak for the guys at Madfriars, but I've heard John Conant on a lot of podcasts, and he's saying, no, no, he's a starter, or or he views him as a starter. I disagree with him on that. Doesn't mean that I'm right and he's wrong. I just disagree with him. I think I would love Baez. As a reliever, and I think he could be a two-inning reliever guy, and he he is electric, guys. I mean, this is ninety-seven, ninety-eight. It's painted, you know, inside outside. It's a nasty curveball. It's it's a good changeup. He's got three good pitchers, and he, he's striking motherfuckers out down in Double A. And when you're striking people out and you're not walking people, that's a good reliever because. You're not putting guys on base, and then you have the opportunity, even if someone gets a single or a double, you have an opportunity of striking people out. They can't advance, and that's how people can score. And without giving up home runs, home runs, home runs, and walks is what you don't want to give up as a reliever. That's where Wingingter kind of struggles, is because he gives up walks. I think Wingingter is going to be really good next year. I think he's pretty good now. I mean, I like him. So you got, you're going to have Munoz. Munoz is badass. He's throwing like 100, nasty slider. He's got two good pitches. The problem with him is he walks people. That's his only problem, though. He's going to be young. He'll have his ups and downs, kind of like Winging Tur this year. But they're going to be better than what they got this year, I'll tell you that much. They're going to be better than guys like and Stammen. Stammen's still okay. I mean, I know a lot of Pottery fans think he sucks. He's still pretty good. He's fine. I mean, he could be a sixth inning guy next year. You could have Bias. For seven and eights, if you want, and Munoz closing, what have you, if you traded Yates. And Wingenter and Baez, you know, being the seventh, eighth inning type of guys. Whoever whoever had a night off, you, if Baez wants to go two innings, you can do that. Uh another arm you're gonna have is Jose Castillo. Hopefully. Uh, there was some my brother was saying that he might have gotten hurt. I don't I don't know. I hope he didn't get hurt. Uh lament. We watched we watched him pitch last night. If you look at the box score, you say, oh, he gave up like four runs. I think it was five innings. Who gives a fuck about that? I mean, we watched the home runs that he gave up. It's, it's Little League home runs. The guy just popped one up in the air. My brother had never, one of my brothers had never seen, you know, the El Paso. And he's like, Jesus, that's, how, that's a home run? I'm like, yeah, everything that pops up in the air is a home run. That's why, you know, people that always want Urias up, don't look at the don't look at those numbers and really think that they translate into the major league roster. I mean, Austin Hedges hit very well down in the minor leagues. Ty France is hitting over like 400. I'm not saying Urias isn't good. I just don't think he's what Padre Twitter thinks he is. I think he's good. He's just I think he's probably a borderline top 75, 50 prospect. Padre Twitter thinks he's like a top 10 prospect in all baseball. At least that's the way they make it out. He's not. In my opinion, he's not. I think he – I like him. He draws walks. He, he can get on base. He's, he's probably going to have a good batting average. But a lot of the times that he hits a home run, that shit ain't going out in Peco. I'll tell you that much. There's no fucking way. Because he hits some pop-ups. I'm like, ah, oh, that's – you know. And it gets out. And it's just – it's like whatever. Another thing is Logan Allen's pitching tomorrow. Let me, get, let me give you my scouting report on Logan Allen. He's about 92, 93. Sometimes he sits 91 last year he was like 94 95 down double a and i was really high on him last year i've kind of tailed off a little bit on that for some reason he just the control hasn't been there and the velocity i think has dipped just a little bit but when he wants to crank it up he could throw 94 95 um but when he's painting his fastball when he's got control and he goes inside out then he's really good because everything feeds off of his fastball his curveball's Pretty good. Everything else is, is just a little bit above average. You know, I think his fastball is a little bit above average. I think his curveballs, maybe his curveballs, average. I think his slider is above average. I think his changeups is above average. And the thing that he does is he goes inside out. It doesn't matter if it's left hander or right hander. I don't see any difference. Like, I don't, you know, a bunch of right handers come up. I don't think he struggles against them. It's not like he's dominated against left handers. I just think. I mean, it's just basically, for him, it's does he have his control? Can he go on the corners? And he's got good enough stuff. It's not like he's like Eric Lauer or, you know, one of these pitchers that's, you know, up there that has to throw 89, 91, you know, shit like that. No. I mean, he's 92, 93. Like I said, if he gets ahead in the count, he'll fucking bury something down in he's got good secondary pitches good enough secondary pitches he's got four pitches that's the thing so he's going to be able to he's kind of got that workhorse mentality like he could throw a lot of innings he could throw six seven innings so I think he's going to eat up some innings for the Padres I like that they finally brought him up I thought they should have brought him up a little bit earlier uh you look at his El Paso numbers they're not good but he plays in a bandbox. you pop it up it's a home run and the thing with him is he has one bad inning almost every time. He'll be cruising like three, four innings in a row, and you're like, oh, he isn't nothing. And then he'll give up like four runs in one inning. So I think Hedges can help him, you know, steal some pitches. I think Balsley can help him in situations. I even think a guy like Machado can help him. I saw Machado, I forget, who was it the other day? Someone was pitching the other day, and he was like, came in, and, and they went – you know, talk to the pitcher, and it looked like Machado was just like, dude, talk to him through it, and then the guy pitched pretty well after that. I think another guy they need to start using more is Luis Perdomo. Perdomo's pretty good. He's got good stuff. I believe his ERA is under three. I would like them to use him more. You know, try to eat up some innings with him. I don't know why they use other guys so much. They use Maton way too much. They use Erlen way too much. They use um, Warren. Some of these other bombs, you don't need to. Use, use Perdomo more. Use um, Whistler more. I think Whistler's pretty good. What's what's wrong with him? He's got a good slider. I mean, if you just look at the numbers, you're going to be like, oh, ZRA's in the fours or fives, whatever it is. Dude, he gets shelled a few times here and there, but he, I feel a lot more comfortable with him than some of these other guys. I think Whistler could be pretty decent for them. Uh, it's good to see that uh, Mejia's up. you got to use him. Austin Edge just sucks. I'm tired of people, you know, oh his defense. Yeah, his defense is great. That's that's fine. That's fine. His defense is really good. You gotta find out on Mejia. Play Mejia at least half of the games the rest of the season, if not more. I'd play him 60, 70%. I'd make him the starter, find out what you got with him, go from there so that you have at least you know what you have going into next year. You feel more comfortable going into next year. That's, that would be the biggest thing I would do on that situation. Because you know what you have in hedges. You know what you have. You have a 205 career hitter. That's not gonna change. He's, he's like in his fifth or sixth year. That's not gonna change. You know what you have. It's not, I, I always hear people say, well, if he can hit 230, 240. When has he ever proven he can do that? He's not gonna do it. I mean, you're asking a guy to put up 25 to 35% or not percent. Or, oh shit, sprinklers. Um, points on your batting average. That's a lot, dude. That's a lot. That's not asking a guy, "Oh, you know, if he's a 260 hitter, can he hit 275?" That's only 15. You're talking about 25, 35 more points on his batting average. He's he's just not going to do that. I mean in his career year. He hits some home runs, he can't hit he can't hit fastballs. Once you can't hit a fastball, you're fucking cooked, dude. Um what else can we talk about? Let's see. Hosmer, still solid. He's you know, he's getting a bunch of RBIs. I know people don't think that shit matters. I mean, what is he hovering around? 50 RBIs on the year. I think he's having a really good, solid season. I mean, nothing spectacular. I'd, I would like him to get more doubles and home runs. Seems like most of his hits are singles, but at least he's got a good batting average. He's hovering around. it has been over 280 all season long, basically, without the first month where he really struggled. Since the first month, he brought it up to... At one point to 300, but he's been hovering around 280, 285 for the whole season, basically. Um, I like him in the two-hole. I, I I think they're kind of wasting Fernando Tentis T- in the one-hole. I would like to find a way to, I don't know, either put him three or four or two. I mean... Uh, Really, they need a leadoff hitter. If they had a leadoff hitter, and you could put Tatiste at two, and you could put Machado three, Hosmer four, Renfro five, that that would be a much better lineup, in my opinion. So, if you traded Yates and you got a center fielder, everyone's always like, "Well, if you trade this guy, and make it like as if you're not getting anyone back, you're not just trading guys, just to trade them." As far as Renfro goes and trading him, I think that's the biggest topic as far as right now goes. Renfro's having a tremendous season. He's got 23 home runs. He's hitting 257. He's got an on base of 956. I mean not an on-base. OPS at 956. That guy's slugging the ball, dude. I mean, he's having a great season. Would you sell high on him? I don't know. Part of me says yes. I would not be I'm not going to be one of these guys. I know a lot of guys on part of your Twitter. They could get a top ten prospect for Ranfro right back and there's gonna be people on Padre Twitter who are gonna be like, Oh, that's they're so fucking stupid. Why they trade a twenty seven year old guy that they got, I don't know, I think he has three years of control or three or four years of control. why they trade him? Well, you gotta decide what you're gonna do in the outfield. Because Naylor can hit. I know his batting average isn't that good and uh, I don't think he's drawn a walk since he's been up, but he walked a lot down in the minor leagues. That that walk rate I wouldn't worry about that. That's just early in the season. He's probably too anxious, you know, just getting the call-up. The problem is if you traded Renfro and you said, okay, Naylor and um, Reyes are going to be our corner outfielders, that's the worst tandem defensively for corner outfielding. The good part of that is you get Naylor with a left-handed bat. You need a left-handed bat in this lineup. You can't just have Hosmer as your only left-handed bat. So I think they – Really need to consider training Renfro, but I would only do it if you got a package that you couldn't, you didn't expect to get. One thing on on deciding what to do with those three outfielders, because basically you got a logjam of three corner outfielders. Renfro's good defensively. Reyes and Naylor are as bad defensively as you're going to get. You could just wait it out. I would. I personally would probably just wait it out let these guys get more at-bats, and then decide in the offseason. Because you're going to feel a lot more comfortable, either worse or better on Naylor, and you're going to feel worse or better on Reyes because they're so young. I mean, you, you've only played half of this season. Naylor just came up, what did he come up, about a month ago, less than a month ago, three weeks ago? Um, you give him the rest of the season, you give him another 80 games, and let's say he starts, I don't know, Close to 40, or he starts, you know, 30 of them and he pinch hits in here and there, or he plays here and there in the other games. I mean, you're gonna feel a lot more comfortable either that he's gonna be better, or you're gonna say, oh, maybe he can't hack it up here. Then you can decide what to do after that. But so, what I would probably do is wait on the Renfro one. I probably would trade Yates, but if they did trade Renfro, I wouldn't be pissed off about it because I would assume they're going to get a shitload back because you're selling high on Renfro, you're selling high in Yates. You're not, you're not selling low on them at all. I thought I'll give you an example: is Brad Hand last year? He was kind of struggling. I think his ERA was like hovering around like three and a half, maybe like three two. Last year he blew he blew a lot of saves. He he kind of got shelled. Like he, you you felt like you were selling. Selling low on him, they still ended up getting a top thirty prospect in Mejia. Um, So you know AJ Proler does not settle. He wants pretty much one of your best prospects. He's not. He's looking at top fifty. He's 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 looking at top hundred prospects, top fifty prospects. He's not anything outside of that. He he's going to laugh at if someone you get Renfro and you get, you know. Or you can get Renf- trade Renfro for a veteran center fielder that's going to be here for two, three years. And then, you know, someone's high, one of their better pitchers, something like that. Yeah, you do it. I mean, I, I would do it for something like that. I mean, getting a center fielder is a big part of it. But I would not just trade him just to trade him just so that I cleared a spot just so that Naylor can play. No, I wouldn't do that. Absolutely not. He, I mean, 23 home runs already. He's going to hit probably – he's going to hit 40. You know, it's not like he's going to not hit 17 in the second half. What is their record? 35 and 36, if I'm not mistaken. That's 71 games. He's got 10 more games. He probably hits another one or two at least. He probably, Let's just say he hits two more. He's going to be on pace for 50 home runs. So he's going to hit – 40-plus easily, probably going to get 45, maybe even 50 home runs if he gets hot. I mean, you can't just give up guys like that. So there's no just, yeah we had to clear up a spot to play Naylor, and we wanted to have a left-handed bat. I understand playing the left-handed bat or wanting the left-handed bat in there, but you can't just do that. Now, would you trade Reyes is another thing. So, because Renfro's playing so good, would you say, hey, we want Renfro in right field or or left field, whatever you want. And he's much better defensively. Would you trade Reyes? Well, Reyes is only 23. And what does he have, like 19 home runs or something? I'm not training a 23-year-old unless I'm getting a shitload back. Because Reyes, to me, has more potential than Renfro. I, I would say Renfro is more seasoned right now, but Reyes, that steak might taste a lot better later on. I mean, he's he's got, he's got big-time potential, I think, Reyes. Reyes does. I don't think Renfro has the potential that Reyes has. So, I mean, but again, if you're going to get a lot back, no one's untradeable on this team. The only people that are untradeable on this team, in my opinion, are Machado and, and Tatis. Hosmer, no one's going to go for him in his contract playing first base. I, I, you know, so you're not going to get rid of him. And then I wouldn't trade Gore almost, almost, almost for anything. So, Besides those four, I mean, Hosmer I would trade in a heartbeat, but you're not going to get rid of him and his contract. For, for So the three I wouldn't trade are Tatis, Machado, and pretty much Gore. That's the only guys. Everything else y- you're willing to trade, it just depends on what, what you're going to get back. So, I mean, I like the situation that they're at. Machado's, let's talk about, let me talk about Machado right now. Um, Machado is going to carry the team for a while. I think. I think he's going to have a huge second half. He's getting more and more comfortable. It's the offense is going to score score runs. The thing is, can they get enough pitching? You know, through the season, can Logan Allen finish the season? That would be great because I think he can. I don't think there's any limitation on Logan Allen. I think he threw a lot of innings last year. If I'm not mistaken, I would I would guess he threw over 150 innings. I mean, it seemed like he was throwing six, seven innings every time down in Double A, and it seemed like he was only giving up one or two runs every time. I mean, he was a bulldog last year. This year, look, it's in El Paso. He kind of struggles a little bit. He, 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 sometimes you have a big inning, and it's just kind of—it's kind of like Colorado. You know, the Padres go into Colorado. And that was great. That series was so much fun. Like just seeing the Rockies blow it two, two games in a, or not two in a row, but two out of the three, and then that. Pussy Twitter account couldn't even put the score up. What bunch of pussies, dude? Put the fucking score up. Another thing on Machado getting suspended is a bunch of bullshit. I mean, he probably won't get suspended because he'll appeal it. To say that, to say that Machado made contact with the umpire is the biggest joke I've ever seen. First of all, Machado, all he did was argue the ball and strike. He didn't do. He didn't point at him or anything until the guy ejected him. He didn't go off until the guy ejected him. The guy ejected him so quick. It was such a joke. It was a total ball. Arenado, what, the inning before was acting like a little child, Um, yet nothing happened to Arenado because he's a golden boy and Machado's the villain. I don't get it. I really don't get it. I don't understand the whole narrative on Machado. All because he said he's not Johnny Hustle. The guy, if you watch him, you understand, you'll take that player every fucking time. Does he hustle every single time? No. But he hustles when he has to hustle. Okay? You don't have to give your all. every. Guys that give their all, look at Bryce Harper. He gives it all all the time. And he gets hurt a lot. Tatis, I would like Tatis to take it down a little bit. He's throwing himself out there so much. I feel like he's going to get hurt. Like he's diving everywhere. He's sliding in the first base. He's always sliding. He's and look, it's hard to take that aggression away because it's so fun to watch and you're like, dude, this guy's the biggest badass. But you're more prone to get hurt that way too. I remember when I was a Charger fan, Ladanian Tomlinson would always try to get the extra yard. And I was like, dude, he needs to start stepping out of bounds. You know, you want his career to be prolonged. And then he started doing that like probably like his fourth or fifth year. I mean, is that not Johnny Hustle? Like, he didn't try to lower the shoulder and get another yard or two? I mean, yeah, but he's got a career to think about, too. So, look, Machado didn't run a ground out, out and everyone made a huge deal of it. They only made a huge deal of it because he's a badass. and he. I feel like Machado signing in San Diego, people made it like as if... I think, like, the big markets. It seems like the big markets are the ones that are crying about it. It's the Red Sox fans. It's Yankee fans are crying about it. It's always Machado's not that good. Philadelphia fans. It's, you know, Machado sucks. He's no not worth his money. He's fucking worth every goddamn penny. And I saw a stupid-ass tweet. I've seen a bunch of them. Is the team's only 500. How, how is he worth the money? Are you fucking that stupid? They didn't sign him for this year. They signing him... For fucking two thousand twenty through two thousand twenty six. That's what they signed him for. That's you didn't sign him for this year. You just got the player to get him this year. That'd be like saying that'd be like saying the Lakers getting LeBron is a bad decision. Well, they didn't sign LeBron for last year. They signed him for this year and and years to come. You just sign him for last year. They didn't even make the playoffs. I don't understand how that team is, is Vegas has them as the best odds but that's a different story. Um, you know, you didn't sign Machado for this year. You signed him for the five, six years from now. All those years. And you got already guys, oh they're hovering around five hundred. Yeah. And we're like twenty games under five hundred the last like five years. He's already helped the team so much. I played shortstop. We just, we just lost the best shortstop or one of the best shortstops in baseball. And I already believe he's one of the best shortstops in Fernando Tatis. Look, I was as high as you could be on Fernando Tatis. And he's doing way more than I thought. Not way more, but he's doing better than I thought he would. Because I thought he would hover around. A batting average around. I, I figured anything from 240 to 260. I thought 240 would be, okay, he wasn't as, you know, he struggled a little bit more than I thought. I thought like 260, 270. I would okay. He did a little bit better than I thought. I mean, he's got an he's got a batting average. I think he came in today like 338. I mean, he's only played like a month and a half, so the batting average will come down. But that guy's gonna hit 280, you know. And I think it's funny. Like Fangraphs, we got so many guys on Padre Twitter that just love fangraf and just think that everything that fangraf says that that's the end. All Fangraph says. This guy's that. Or Fangraph says his war is this. And Fangraph says, dude, just watch the game and give your own evaluations. I'm so sick and tired of being told what Fangraph says. Like Fangraph has the war. Austin Hedges is number three on the Padres, his war. If you think Austin Hedges is the third most valuable player on this team, has been this whole season, you're not fucking watching the games. You have no clue what you're talking about. There's no fucking way. That he's the third best player on the team. No way. And everyone tries to judge it just on on fan graphs. Um, war stat. I think that war stat is a, bunch of, is a bunch of bullshit. I don't care what anyone sells me. I think it's a bunch of bullshit. I think some of those computer numbers, I don't really use them at all. But you want to tell me WRC Plus matters? I would probably believe that one matters because that one seems to have some legitimacy to it. Because it's basically how you created a run. Okay, that one, there might be some logic to it. To just throw out some war number, say this guy, you know, Hedges is, is having a much better year than uh, uh, Eric Hosmer. I mean, come on, dude. I mean, they they have Myers has a better war than Eric Hosmer. Does anyone think Myers is having a better year than Hosmer? It's not even close. You know, it's always, oh, what the defense is. Okay, okay. <laughs> Is Myers like some gold glover in center field? No. Hosmer's been pretty bad defensively this year. I'll I'll give you that. But I don't know. The last two or three weeks, I I haven't seen a problem from Hosmer defensively. He's had some blunders this year you you wouldn't suspect. But even if you factor in those blunders, there's no fucking way that Myers is having a better year. Because Myers hasn't – you know, he's had some blunders out there in center field. But it just seems like like the war really – you get a high war if you play shortstop, center field or catcher. If you play the other positions, it's tough for you to have a high war. Uh, okay. No one says like in basketball, "Oh, well, you can't be the best player because you don't play, you know, point guard or center." Like what? Like I don't I don't understand. You should just value the player. It shouldn't really matter so much where he, what position he plays. Yeah, value the position to a degree, sure. Would I rather have a shortstop than a first baseman? Yeah, because it's harder to find a shortstop. And the shortstop is defensively stuff. But to make it like one guy's – Myers is having a better year than Hosmer. Hosmer's like – it was like eighth or ninth on the team with a war. Like, there's no way. There's no way he's eighth or ninth. But going back to Tatiste, I mean, the guy's phenomenal, dude. I mean, absolutely phenomenal. We have the best young player in baseball. It's not even close. It's not even close. Who would you – I wouldn't trade Tatis for anyone, not even for Mike Trout. One, you would take Mike Trout's contract, and two, I don't even know how, how old Trout is. I'm guessing he's around 27 or something. We're talking about a 20-year-old phenom, dude, an absolute phenom. Going back to the fan graph, I have a bookmark a fan graph doing a projection on, on, uh, tatisse's numbers, they, they were like, he's going to hit 230 this year, next year 240, another year 230, 240, maybe a 250 in there and another 240 or something. I'm like, I saw those projections. I'm like, what a joke. This guy's never going to hit under 250. I'll be shocked if he hits under 250. I, th- I thought maybe this year, his rookie year, he would do that. The way I'm watching him, I'd be stunned if he hit under 250 this year. Stunned. I mean, I already feel like he's one of the best players in the league. You can't label him that because he, he probably hasn't even played two months of a season. But if you just watch him defensively, the way he runs, the I mean, he, he, he gets triples like like as if they're doubles for most people. Anything he hits in the gap, you're like, oh, he's going to get a triple. I mean, he just flies, dude. Remember Fangraph and, and Scouting Report, people were saying that he couldn't play shortstop. I remember when I first saw that, I was laughing. I watched them all last season. First month, I was texting people. I'm like, don't believe any report that says that guy can't play shortstop. It's the biggest joke I've ever seen. So you got a whole left side of your infield. You got Machado. What is he? 25 or 26? I think he's 26. Like I said, he's about to go on a tear. He's already going on a tear. I think he's going to carry us. I think offensively this team's really good or about to be really good. Um, especially if Mejia gets enough at bats in there. I think Mahi is a lot better defensively than people think. I think he's okay. People are like, oh, my God, he's the worst. Yeah, the first week he looked really bad, or first whatever, five starts that he had, he looked really bad. But I thought after that he started getting better and better. When I watch him down in the minor leagues, I think he's fine. I think he's getting better and better down there. If you give him two, three years to be a full-time catcher, I bet you by year two or three he's going to be fine. I mean, he's going to be a lot better than what he was from day one. I mean, he's got the tools. He's got the arm. He's got the athleticism. he got to learn how to catch the ball a little bit better, a little, you know, frame it a little bit better. Those, those aren't the hardest things to overcome. It's not like, you know, he doesn't have the bat speed or something. You can't teach bat speed. You either have it or you don't. He can learn some of that stuff. So that's kind of where I'm at. kind of wanted to do a quick one. I wanted to do a periscope. But I'll probably do a Periscope this weekend because, you know, I've been gone for a while, or I was gone this week, and, you know, but I'll try to do one this weekend. I was gonna do one when they came back though. That was pretty. That was a great win when they came back the other night. What was that? Friday night when they came back against the Rockies, those pussies wouldn't put up the score. What a bunch of pussies! You can't put up the score. I mean, just fold your franchise. You 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 couldn't tweet the the score of the game because you six runs you were up in the ninth. That's baseball. That's baseball. You should have just tweeted that's baseball and you lost. I mean, what a, what a joke! You guys are oh we're scared that you're going to dominate us on Twitter. Yeah. We dominate everyone on Twitter. Get used to it. But we only have six fans. That's what everyone always says. Partners only have six fans. If the parties only had six fans, I wouldn't get the views that I'm getting on my podcasts or my periscopes. Oh you only have six fans. Oh, okay. I mean I could think of I could think of six Padre podcasts right off the top of my head. And that's already most of these people have two people doing it and helping them out. I got me, myself, and I. It's the only one <laughs> on these things so I think it's great that OJ Simpson's on Twitter I think that's cool (laughs) the juices lose I think the Padres hopefully the pitching's gonna get destroyed the rest of the season I don't see that you know I don't see that changing Logan Allen can help him out you know at least I think Quantrill's having a much better season than I thought he would have He's, he's looked way better than I thought he was 91, 92 last year. He's 94, 95. He's got way more pop on his fastball. Everything feeds off a of fastball. He's got he's, – his slider's even better than what it was. The change-ups was – I never questioned the change-up. The change-up's always been pretty good. So I'm glad I was wrong on that one. Most people will never say when they're wrong, but I'm glad I was wrong on that one. Um, do I think he's going to be like a number two or number three? No, I think he's going to be a four or five. But he's I, I would start him the rest of the season. I would start Logan Allen the rest of the season. And I don't think you have any limit on their innings. So you shouldn't have a problem there. As far as Paddock goes, I think it's a good decision to throw him down there. He needed a break. Uh, you got that whole innings limit. Maybe make him a 3-4 inning pitcher. Maybe make him, you know... A bullpen guy. I don't. I don't know. Just to get through the season, and then next year you can make him a starter because he's already getting close to the innings. You know, I don't think he's too far behind. Um, there's no rush to. Oh, we gotta throw him out there. And I think he's gonna be fine. But I never, I didn't overreact when he was dominating his first whatever starts it was like five starts, four or five starts. He was dominating. I didn't overreact now, and I'm not you know throwing him off a cliff now that he's getting shelled a little bit. He's going to be pretty much in between where he was dominating there and getting shelled. So he'll be fine. He'll be a, a really good number 3, possibly a number 2 if he learns how to a waste p- pitches better. He's ahead in the count 0 and 2, he always he gets way too much of the plate. He needs to learn how to do that waste pitches now. One of my buddies was telling me he thinks he doesn't waste a lot of pitches because he's on a pitch limit and he can only throw 90 pitches. And my buddy thinks, well, if he wants to go five, six innings, he can't waste pitches. I don't know. That might be a pretty good point. So uh, I think he'll just be much better off next year because I don't think he'll have the innings limits. And he could, just, he could just pitch, and he could be himself, I think. I think he's going to be fine. I mean, he, he didn't start that many games in A, So, you know, maybe – I mean, he's got good enough stuff he'd be in the pros, but maybe he, he need a little more seizing down in the minor leagues. But I think he'll be fine. I think he'll be a number two, number three, like I said. I don't think he'll ever be an ace. I think that's expecting too much from him. Um, but like I said I would trade uh, I would listen on Renfro I would listen on Yates but you gotta sell high I'm not you don't have to trade either one I would much rather trade Yates than Renfro because Renfro could be part of your you know your good team starting next year Yates could be too but would you consider signing Yates to a one year deal extension sure I don't know if Yates would do that it seems like Yates wants to pitch here. If he wants to sign a one-year deal extension, then yeah, I would do that too. So then you have him for 2021. But I wouldn't expect him to be good in 2021. If you're going to sign him to something, you better sign him that he might be a setup guy in 2021. Because he's already, what, 32 or 33? I mean, his his stuff is electric, though. I mean, he's 94, 93, painting it inside, outside, and then dropping that splitter. You could get a lot for him. So I would much more lean to trade Yates than Renfro. I think I would hold off trading Renfro, relax, see what you got in Naylor and Reyes and Renfro, and you decide in the offseason what you want to do from there. But you'll you'll have much more data on Naylor and Reyes, you know, as the next 90 games of the season. And that's what I would do. So I would hold off on that. Most likely. Now, if someone gives me a shitload for Renfro, then bye. (laughs) I don't have any, you know, oh, I can't trade him. No, the only guys you can't trade are Tatis, Machado, and Gore. That's it. Those are you guys I want to trade. As far as uh, Morhan goes, he keeps throwing two innings. He keeps shutting them down. His stuff is really good. They're babying him. I I guess that's fine. That's fine. His stuff right now could play in the major leagues. There's no question about it. No question about it. He just hasn't been seasoned enough. The injuries, you know, it's kind of his setback. I wouldn't be surprised if he has a huge second half. Stay healthy. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's up on the team next year. I know there's been some rumors he might be on the team this year. I don't see that. Unless they, they're saying, hey, we're just going to use you as a relief. <coughs> as a reliever, maybe. But that's all I got for this podcast. Um, go follow Cash Many at uh, Craig Many on Twitter and don't be afraid to retweet these and get them out there. Alright fellas. Till the next time. Good night.